Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to Top 5 from The Ray Taylor Show, where each week I rank movies in a variety of categories, from franchise and subgenre to directors and actors. No film is left unwatched as I break down my top five picks. So join me every Sunday for new episodes and get ready to dive into the world of film with Top 5 from The Ray Taylor Show. On this episode, I am ranking my top five movies in the class of Newcomb High franchise. This is a franchise that is created by the Troma studio of B-movies. Uh, Class of Nuka High franchise is a series of cult horror comedy films that gained popularity in the 80s and 90s. The franchise is known for its over-the-top and campy style, mixing elements of horror, science fiction, and dark comedy. The films are characterized by their low budgets, cheesy special effects, and satirical take on a variety of social issues. The class of Nuka High franchise was gar- has garnered uh, a dedicated cult following due to its unique blend of horror and humor and social commentary. Troma Entertainment's distinctive approach to filmmaking, which often involves pushing boundaries and embracing absurdity, has made these films stand out in the B-movie landscape. The franchise's legacy continues to influence modern uh, independent filmmakers and remains a notable part of cult cinema history so in many ways this is similar to the episode i did with sharknado diving into a franchise of b movies i've been wanting to get into the trauma movies in general Uh, I've seen uh, one or two a long time ago and didn't really get into it, didn't really understand the vibe of the time, Uh, but wanting to get into it and finding out that there were five movies in the Newcomb High, the class of Newcomb High franchise within the trauma world. There's also a sub-genre within the trauma movies of Traumaville, which is a fictional town which these movies all take place in, as well as the Toxic Avenger. Um, so I might do a separate top five on movies that are that feature Tromaville, the town. But for this, I am focusing on the class of Newcomb High movies, which, as I mentioned, all B-movies, uh, very disturbing, but they do have a unique charm to them. Their low-budget charm, practical effects charm, uh, and part of me while watching this regretted my decision, as was watching some of the Sharknado movies. But once you get into it, one of the reasons I love doing these top fives is that it forces me to get on the wavelength, get the vibe of these movies, whether it's a director or a franchise or any of that, really kind of getting an understanding of what they're, they, they're trying to do with these movies. And with this one... Uh, I had some surprises, surprising movies that were amazing that I absolutely love. And then there are movies that were a struggle to get through, but I will be ranking all of them. All five will be on this list in some form or fashion. So let's get into it, shall we? Starting off with number five. This one was probably the most disappointing because the movie that came before it was such a revelation 
which don't not to spoil anything that might come up later on in this list because they will all come up on this list but uh this one definitely feels like the climax of a movie stretched to its full potential uh and definitely probably was the most uh trauma of all of these movies possibly but regardless of that it was still a lot of fun to watch coming in number five was is return to return to nukem high aka volume two by far the longest title out of all of these this is the newest of the franchise uh return to return to nukem high aka volume two is the second part of a two volume sequel to the original class of nukem high series which i would almost say return to nukem high volume one and two is a remake or a legacy sequel of the first film split into two films and done so in a pretty epic way instead of it being a sequel it is in many ways a sequel it has references to the first film characters are literally children of characters of the first film um but it is also a remake of that first film all of the things that happened in that first film for the most part happened even though a lot of things were changed in a very interesting way but this being volume two is basically that second half of that remake of the first film right the climax of the film for for better or worse is volume two uh this is directed by lloyd kaufman produced by troma entertainment uh the film came out in 2014 like its predecessors return to newcomb high volume two continues trauma's tradition of blending horror comedy and social commentary in a unique and over-the-top style the film picks up where return to newcomb high volume one left off continuing to follow the chaotic and bizarre events that unfold in Tromaville high school a school that has been exposed to contaminated food there is a Troma organics is a food processing company that took over uh, for the nuclear reactors from the earlier films and making making toxic food that is infecting all of the people at Tromaville high the story revolves around the mutant monsters, subhumanoids, and other unusual characters that inhabit the school. The narrative maintains a satirical tone using these fantastical elements to address real-world issues such as environmental concerns, corporate greed, and LGBTQ rep representation. In Return to Return to Newcomb High, a.k.a. Volume 2, the students of Tromaville High must confront the threats uh, that have emerged from the toxic environment and the machinations of a powerful corporation the film is known for its eccentric characters graphic violence dark humor and surreal surreal visuals all hallmarks of the tromaville entertainment's filmmaking style it's important to note that tromaville uh, trauma films including those of the class of newcomb high series are often characterized by their intentionally low production values uh, campy effects and unconventional storytelling these qualities contribute to their cult status and the dedicated following that the the that they they enjoy uh, their unique blend of outrageous and satire uh, this movie starts in a girl's locker room 
with a bunch of naked girls. That is one thing. These movies are... These would have been my favorite movies in my teen years. In my hormonal teen years, these movies, if I had found them. Uh, a lot of nudity, a lot of absurd comedy, a lot of ridiculousness. Uh, but this one starts with tons of nudity. Naked girls in a locker room, slow motion, like dancing and laughing for no reason. Uh, amazing. You have uh, the rich girl who is one of the main characters of the volume one is taking a shower and is having an, a radioactive period, uh, which is kind of something that from the first movie, the character uh, gives birth to a alien slug in a bathroom. And this scene is kind of the remake of that scene. Uh, but instead she's having a radioactive period in the, in the bathroom uh, they have a Carrie-like scene where all the other girls are throwing tampons at her, telling her to plug it up. Uh, but then it turns into projectile, radioactive, period, that squirts out all over these naked women and melts them and, and, and has them all melting down from these toxic period. Amazing thing and the the mo most amazing aspect of not only this movie but the other return to Newcomb high uh, volume one is that stan lee is the voiceover talent for both of these movies and in this movie volume two aka volume two stan lee recaps all of the things that happened in volume one it is amazing that stan lee is a part of these movies uh you have this rich girl who ends up now giving birth uh, to uh, a toxic, the Toxic Avenger, a license plate, uh, personalized license plate, Toxic license plate. Also giving birth to a DVD of Return to Newcomb High Volume 1. Then ends with her giving birth to an alien duck. Because, of course, in Volume 1, she was mouth-raped by a radioactive, by her pet duck that was eating radioactive material and these the the bad guys shoved the beak down her throat uh that caused her somehow to get pregnant in her stomach uh and give birth to this alien duck baby that's that's where we're at with these movies uh you also have a fat guy getting naked there's a lot of fat guy small dick in this there's also a scene that is similar to borat uh which in borat is there was a sensor bar I think maybe not. I don't even remember. Uh, but the scene where Borat and his buddy are both naked and they're wrestling in the the in the bedroom, and then it flows into the into a elevator and then into a conference. One of the funniest scenes in Borat. Uh, but this one is a similar scene with this fat guy, the student uh, who takes his pants off, and the principal, and the principal gets his face smashed with the 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 fat guy dick many times. Um, there's also cuts to a local TV show that's talking about Tromaville. There is a duck man. This, uh, the duck, the pet duck morphs into a person and is kind of the good monster helping people out. Uh, you have the Troma, Troma Organic CEO uh, transforms into a monster with tentacles, which is similar to what happens at the end of the first class of Newcomb High. Um, but this movie, the reason why it's at the, on number five, it is wild as all of these movies are wild, 
But because it just feels like the climax of the remake of the first film, it goes wild, don't get me wrong, but it definitely feels like there is no story in this. It is just the climax of that the story stretched out to 90 minutes. And because of that, it is at number five. That is the main reason I have Return to Return to Newcomb High, a.k.a. Volume 2, is number five on my top five ranked picks of Class of Newcomb High movies. Moving on to number four, my fourth favorite Class of Newcomb High movie ranked is Class of Newcomb High 3, The Good, The Bad, and The Subhumanoid. Class of Newcomb High 3, The Good, The Bad, and The Subhumanoid is the third installment in the Class of Newcomb High film series directed by Eric uh, Lauzil and released in 1994. The movie is known for its... <laughs> technology, man, interrupting podcast. Uh, the movie is known for its campy horror comedy style, as they all are typically, uh, which is typical of the Troma Entertainment Productions. In this film, the storyline takes a further satirical twist uh, by introducing elements from westerns, particularly the titles reference to Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Uh, the plot continues the events of the previous film, focusing on the aftermath of the nuclear contamination that had created mutants and bizarre situations in the Tromaville High School, uh, actually the junior college. The movie introduces the concept of subhumanoids. Well, actually, the previous one introduced subhumanoids, but this is the one where the character from the second one has uh, a child who grew up to look just like him and there were twins so one of them was raised to be bad an evil one and then there was one raised to be good uh, both genetically kind of engineered uh, it was the first human subhumanoid crossbreed uh, and the subhumanoids were created to be workers slaves basically uh, they became the subhumanoids became a central uh, to the story as they are pursued by various factions, including uh, the protagonist, the antagonist, and the government. The plot includes themes of power struggles, corporate greed, and social issues, all wrapped in the film's unique blend of horror comedy and social commentary. As with other trauma films, Class of Newcomb High 3 features in, uh, intentionally cheesy special effects, exaggerated performances, and outrageous situations. It embraces the low-budget aesthetic and adds its cult to that adds to its cult appeal. Uh, this one starts pretty much directly at the end of two, uh, where there's like news coverage. Reporters keep dying and melting down, and new reporters take over. Very funny gag. Uh, at the end of uh, two, there was a radioactive squirrel. Uh, and there's a helicopter that's trying to lure the squirrel away with a giant acorn. Um, and the acorn is made of explosives. Um, very cheesy. Uh, same muscly guy that was in the last movie plays the full-grown two-year-old version of his son that is now a full-grown human. Both good version and a bad human. Right? Half human, half subhumanoid. Uh, so... It's very, this movie, as many of them are, very self-referential, very aware, a lot of meta references to previous movies in the franchise. I would imagine a lot of references to other trauma movies in general that, because I haven't seen, go. there are a lot of cameos from Toxie. Um, uh, we have 
the twins, one stolen by the corporation. Uh, the subhumanoid mom died. Uh, the dad has become the mayor of Tromaville at this point. The evil twin, the good twin. Uh, the good twin has a radioactive hand that he can use to please women. Also uses it to reignite the power core of the, the reactor. Uh, the evil twin has these genetically engineered crew of monsters uh, that and also try and make this guy who has a very kind of a nerdy voice uh, turns him into more of an action hero because he's a giant dude. He is a very bulky, bulky dude, uh, but just with the nerdiest of nerdy voices. Uh, there's a scene in this movie where uh, one of the characters gets pregnant, uh, but it, of course it's it's a toxic pregnancy, so that means it, it, it grows way faster. So by the time she gets driven to the abortion clinic, she is fully pregnant at this time, and all the anti-abortion people that are outside the abortion clinic uh, are, are all like protesting her going in but then change their mind when she actually gives birth to an alien baby. Pretty hilarious. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It was similar to the last movie. This one almost felt like they took the, they tried to stretch out what the second movie was into something even more. And it just didn't land as good. Still a lot of great moments in this one, but overall not as good as the second one. And not as good as the other ones, obviously, that are above it. But Class of Nukem High 3, the good, the bad, and the subhumanoid is coming in here at number four. Let's take a quick break from this episode to talk about attention, attention all, all Ray, Ray Taylor, Taylor show, show fans. fans. We're excited to announce we've just released a line of exclusive merchandise featuring original artwork inspired by the show. Our high quality shirts and biodegradable phone cases are a perfect way to show your support for the show and make a great gift for any fan. Plus, with each purchase, you'll be helping us continue to bring you great content. So don't wait. Head on over to InspireDisorder.com now and check out the full collection. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll show your support by grabbing some Ray Taylor Show merchandise today. And now, let's get back to the show. Moving on to my third favorite Class of Newcomb High movie. This movie definitely took what the franchise was and changed it in a way that I thought was really hilarious. Uh, so coming in at number three is Class of Nukem High 2, some hu Subhumanoid Meltdown. Class of Nukem High Part 2, Subhumanoid Meltdown, is the second film in the Class of Nukem High series. This came out in 91. Like the other films in the series, it is a horror comedy produced by Trome Entertainment, known for its campy and over-the-top style. Directed by Eric Lozill, uh, the film continues the story of Tromaville High, where actually I think it's the I think it's uh, at this point it was rebuilt to be a junior college, uh, where the aftermath of the nuclear contamination in the first film has led to further bizarre and mutated occurrences. So. At the end of the first film, the school was destroyed. This film starts with the nuclear facility rebuilding the school as well as building a, uh, a junior college. And so we have the junior, I think we're following the junior college. 
And um, this movie starts with the chaos of what happens at the end of the movie with our main character, the big giant guy uh, who is a reporter who has the very nerdy voice, but in the body of like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Very funny. And it's a very long monologue with him talking into this tape recorder, talking to God. Very hilarious. The plot centers around the concept of some subhumanoids, genetically engineered beings created for pleasure, um, also to be workers. These creatures are the result of scientific experiments and add a unique element to the story, which they weren't in the first subhumanoids weren't necessarily in the first movie. Uh, the subhumanoid meltdown, the students of Tromaville High once again find themselves facing strange and dangerous situations as they try to navigate a school environment filled with mutants, monsters, and outrageous characters. The film maintains a serious, a serious satirical approach, using these fantastical elements to commit, uh, to comment, I should say, on uh, social issues and deliver its message in a humorous and irreverent manner. Uh, so they rebuilt the school into junior college. Uh, everyone is Cretans now. Cretans were like the bad guys in the school that were like the freaks, right? They had like the Mohawks and the crazies face paint and all that kind of stuff. They were known as Cretans. Now everybody in the school is Cretans. All of the women are wearing thong bikinis. Uh, Roger Smith is the main character who looks like a bodybuilder with a very effeminate voice. Uh, he goes on a long talk with God, which is very funny. Uh, there's actual monsters in the school now as well. The movie flashes back to show how all the chaos, how we get to all the chaos that it starts with, right? Right. The new problem kids in the school are called squirrels. Uh, you also have a cameo, as many of these movies do, with Toxie, uh, which breaks the fourth wall in this movie. Uh, the subhumanoids have a mouth on their stomach, which is weird. Uh, there's a lot of tits in this in this movie, as well as the fact that Tromaville Institute of Technology is the initials for that, our tit, uh, and that is the school that they are all going to. Uh, it is a crazy movie where he ends up falling in love with a subhumanoid, leading to, of course, the sequel where she gives birth to twins. Um, but it's it's definitely a crazy movie uh, with this main character that changes what's happening uh, that's different from the first movie. And it's interesting. It's interesting. It's funny. Uh, I enjoyed it more than what happens when they try to extend this this these characters out. Uh, I like it more in this movie than in uh, number three. So that is why Class of Nukem High 2 Subhumanoid Meltdown comes in here. And number three, moving on to my second favorite class of Nukem High movie. This one was oh, it's, hurricanes going right now. Uh, this one was uh, a this one was what started it all off. And that is why I think what it started and what it did, I think, was really great. And then they took it in new directions. But where it started, I thought was great. So coming in at number two is Class of Nukem High. Class of Nukem High is a cult classic horror comedy. Came out in 86. 
directed by Lloyd Kaufman and Richard W. Haynes. The movie is one of Troma Entertainment's most recognizable productions and is known for its campy, over-the-top style. The film is set in Tromaville, a fictional town where a nuclear power plant is located right next to a school. The story revolves around the students of the nearby Newcomb High School who start experiencing strange and violent behavior after being exposed to radioactive uh, contamination from the power plant. Water is contaminated. The weed is contaminated. The contamination leads to bizarre mutations, gross-out gags, and chaotic situations within the school. Class of Newcomb High blends horror comedy and social satire. The film's narrative elements are often exaggerated for comedic effect, and it tackles various themes such as uh, dangers of nuclear power, teenage rebellion, and social issues. The movie also explores a cor quirky teenage romance subplot between two of the main characters the film successful uh, success led to the creation of sequels obviously spin-offs within the class of newcomb high franchise further cementing its status as a cult classic you have dewey uh an unconsequential nerd at the beginning of this movie that gets infected uh nasty stuff starts oozing out of him jumps out of the window at school uh actually you know the the freaks in the school are called cretins uh and they get weed from the nuclear power plant uh and after these two kids after smoking weed and having sex uh they start having weird hallucinations one guy grows this massive uh, his dick like grows to a hundred times its size and the woman uh has hallucinations that she's giving birth to an alien pregnant with an alien uh Eventually, this dude transforms and goes to kill two of the Cretans. Uh, there's uh, a bathroom fight that takes place. The Cretans end up trashing the school, uh, threatening to cut off women's nipples. Uh, you have monsters that are coming out of the nuclear sludge, one punching through Gil's head. You have a dude with two large nose rings. One of the Cretans has these two large nose rings and wearing like this weird like uh, mouth guard. He ends up getting choked by one of the tentacles and stabbed through the head and comes out the eye. Uh, another dude on a motorcycle gets his head ripped off. Uh, in the end, they use a laser to explode the monster to free one of the, the women from the monster. And in the end, the school explodes and school's closed and will be rebuilt and everybody jumps for joy. Uh, this was a fun movie. It was a fun movie where it's like, oh, the weed is contaminated and we smoked it and it's like turning us into some monsters and we're monsters that are going to go fight these bullies. It's really fun. It's a really fun idea. And then they changed the idea to be, you know, with the second and third one, not as good in my opinion. I think this one was great. Also has elements of just being a, a, a high school comedy as well. Regardless, coming in at number two, is Class of Newcomb High, the original film. Uh, 
is take a quick break from this episode because I want to promote, are you looking for a way to take your love of the Ray Taylor show to the next level? Look no further than Inspire Disorder Plus. As a member, you'll get access to a whole host of amazing perks, including the full week of shows, ad-free in both audio and video versions, a live painting archive, early access to the many faces, members-only discounts and deals, a podcast back catalog with over 600 episodes. But that's not all. As a member, you'll get access to my personal blog as well as my creative writing. You'll also get the chance to ask me anything you want. With all of these benefits and more, Inspire Disorder Plus is a must-have for any fan of The Ray Taylor Show. So don't wait. Go sign up now. Head on over to inspiredisorder.com slash plus and start enjoying all of the amazing perks of the membership. And now, let's get back to the show. Moving on to my favorite. This one blew my mind. Obviously, if you're paying attention, you already know what my number one is. But watching this one absolutely blew my mind. It was by far the funniest, by far the most interesting. So coming in at number one, my favorite class of Newcomb High movie is Return to Newcomb High Volume 1. Return to Newcomb High Volume 1 is a horror comedy film released in 2013. It's the first part of a two-volume sequel of the original class of Newcomb High. In my opinion, it's, it's kind of a legacy sequel. It's a remake while also being a sequel. Uh, both directed by Lloyd Kaufman and produced by Troma Entertainment. The film continues Troma's tradition of blending over-the-top horror, dark comedy, and social satire. In Return to Newcomb High, Volume 1, the story returns to Tromaville High School, where the nuclear power plant is now a food processing plant called Troma Organics, because it's no longer okay to make fun of nuclear power plants anymore. The film introduces new characters and storylines while also referencing and paying homage to the original film. The narrative revolves around a lesbian love story between two students, Lauren and Chrissy, as... Very windy... Uh, as they navigate the chaotic and dangerous environment of their uh, contaminated school. As with other trauma films, Return to Newcomb High Volume 1 embraces a low-budget aesthetic and intentionally cheesy special effects, adding to the film's campy and irreverent atmosphere. The movie uses a fantastical elements and outlandish scenarios to address real-world issues, including bullying, LGBTQ, representation and environmental concerns the decision to split the sequel into two volumes allows for a more comprehensive exploration of the story and characters giving the filmmakers more room to develop the narrative and maintain the signature trauma style the release of return to newcomb high volume one was followed by return to newcomb high volume two which concluded the two-part story uh this movie is great opens with a voiceover by stan lee which blew me away as well as a cameo from him uh they rebranded the school because nuclear power is no longer allowed to be made fun of uh it's now trome organics uh the production quality is way better the high school kids there's uh, actually look like the right age uh there's a sex scene in the beginning where a pipe opens up and uh, leaking toxic waste and a dick creature comes out and causes the dude to come blood and then she ends up ripping the dude's dick off and he runs away it's a great opening the dick melts then she melts great practical effects in this one uh the food processing plant is known for having body parts show up in the food randomly 
Uh, a guy there, there's a scene where a guy is on a date and he's super horny. He's acting like he's mid transition into turning into a werewolf, right? He gets rejected and ends up jerking off. And he's just like a madman in this convertible, uh, with a magazine that has sticky pages. Uh, the rich girl has a pet duck, which is, she goes home and dances with her pet duck. It's very funny. Somehow this movie is woke as fuck but also offensive. It is amazing. The, the mix of things that happen, uh, the toxic food infects the kids instead of the, the water being contaminated. Uh, one kid bursts into flames, which is great. Uh, the glee club, which is a bunch of like rejects that actually can't sing. They end up turning into the Cretans and can sing perfectly. It is amazing. It is an amazing transition. One of the kids who's in a wheelchair, his wheelchair transforms as well, and he becomes a badass. Uh, he There's a scene where he gets hard for the first time and just while they're beating up a teacher and he just starts jerking off. Uh, you have the rich girl gets her duck who goes missing, eats some toxic waste. The Cretans find the duck, or she finds the duck, Cretans find her with the duck. They force the duck to they force the duck's beak into her mouth. Right? Duck's laying a bunch of eggs. She's running around town with this duck sticking out of her face, trying to get somebody to take it out. Um there's an armless vet that can't help because he doesn't have any arms. Uh there's a scientist with massive beehive. The the scientist from the second and third movie with the massive beehive is there holding up some guy and he can't help because he's being held up at gunpoint. Uh it's uh, the hospital can't help because of Obamacare. Uh, they walk. She walks into an oddity shop, which there's a reality TV show about an oddity shop. And the people from that reality show were in this. It's such a crazy, weird cameo uh, of a show that I watched once, like so many years ago. Uh, there's a joke, foul mouth joke, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, later on. There's a house party and Toxie shows up to the house party. Another cameo from Toxie. Uh, you have the the poor girl is a blogger uh, and she's a lesbian, but she's closeted and she wants to hook up with this rich girl. And they finally do at this party. But of course, because the rich girl had the toxic, the beak, the toxic waste from the duck's beak got put into her mouth. Uh, she starts... Uh, she, like she, it, it ends up infecting both of them in a weird way um, and this is where I f realize it's a legacy sequel right because after they hook up they both have hallucinations where one of the girls has a hallucination that she grows a giant dick and the other one has a hallucination that she becomes pregnant except for in this one they go to a, the Cretans party and they start beating up all the Cretans in kind of a great way. They they beat up the the guy who's in a wheelchair, making him a quadriplegic. Uh, they spray them with toxic breast milk. It is hilarious what happens uh, after they transform. Right? Very much part... Uh, v like, very much part... Like, a part one of a, a two-part movie, really. Because uh, this movie has no conclusion because it it concludes in volume two 
Uh, but it's still so good. It ends with the rich girl taking a shower and starting to have her toxic period, which is how the volume two starts. But I was so blown away with how funny this movie was. It was great. I had a lot of fun. That's why coming in at number one is Return to Newcomb High, Volume 1. Uh, a crazy franchise of movies. Um, th- I, that's all of them that are in this franchise. I'm looking forward to watching more trauma movies, especially the Toxic Avenger movies. There's only four, otherwise I would do an episode. There is news of a reboot of that, so maybe I'll do a top five when that reboot comes out. Uh, regardless, I, I really had a, a lot of fun despite kind of regretting my decision multiple times uh, watching all of these movies, uh, which are all available on like Tubi and, and, and stuff. So it's, they're, they're out there. Uh, but let me recap my list one more time. And we'll get out of here. This is my top five class of Newcomb High movies ranked. Starting off with number five is Return to Return to Newcomb High, a.k.a. Volume 2. Number four is Class of Newcomb High 3, The Good, The Bad, and The Subhumanoid. Number three is Class of Newcomb High 2, Subhumanoid Meltdown. Number two is Class of Newcomb High. And my number one favorite Class of Newcomb High movie is Return to Newcomb High Volume 1. Let me know how you would rank these movies. Let me know what other great movies are produced by Troma Entertainment. I would love to watch them. Uh, Tromeo and Juliet is another one that I've heard uh, brought up. I don't know, good or bad, but uh, one I'm aware of, including the Toxic Avenger movies. Regardless, uh, let me know. I'd love to hear it, how you would rank these other movies that you would recommend. Uh, but I want to thank everybody to tuning in to this episode of Top 5 from the Ray, D- Ray Taylor Show. I hope you enjoyed my rankings and analysis of my Top 5 Class of Newcomb High movies. Let me know how you would rank them. Are there any films that I need to check out? Don't forget to tune in next Sunday for an all-new episode and join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on YouTube.com slash Inspired Disorder if you're watching these. See you again next week for more. Top five. Subscribe to The Ray Taylor Show on YouTube and everywhere podcasts are found. Binge the full week ad-free over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus. Purchase Ray Taylor Show merch over at inspireddisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace out. Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had, can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can 